Welcome to She's a DPM, a platform for women to share their experiences, knowledge, and insights on cultivating a life in and outside the field of podiatric medicine and surgery. Welcome back to She's a DPM. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Oxman, and today we have special guest, Dr. Ruth Moen. Welcome to She's a DPM. <laughs> so before we get started, why don't you tell me a little about yourself? Your- sure. So I'm from Circle Pines, Minnesota, which is a northern suburb of the Twin Cities. Um, I went to Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota, where I played soccer and ran track. Um, it was, um, you know, collegiate athletics and, and injuries that really sparked my interest in foot and ankle surgery or podiatry. I first worked with a podiatrist as a patient, um, and, and that really kind of expanded my uh, horizons. You know, I didn't really know of podiatry, really thought more orthopedics was where I was going. Um, and then podiatry was kind of this niche that I found uh, once I was injured. Um, so I went to podiatry school, um, at Des Moines university in Des Moines, Iowa. And then from Iowa, I went out to Portland. Um, I did my residency training at legacy health and Kaiser Permanente out in Portland, Oregon. Um, so after residency, I did my fellowship out in New Jersey. I did my fellowship training under the guidance of Shane Hollowell at, um, orthopedic Institute in central Jersey. And then. From New Jersey, I went back out to Portland um, and spent a year with Kaiser um, and many of my attendings who I had trained with um, as a resident, which was a really good kind of launching year for me. It was a good year to kind of learn how to be an independent practitioner, how to, you know, kind of start to figure out um, to make my own decisions, you know, but also have a lot of people that I had trained under kind of around and and available to me to kind of bounce ideas off. And then after bouncing around coast to coast uh, for many, many years, finally my family landed back into the Midwest. Um, We always knew, or I always knew that I wanted to end up in an orthopedic group in the Midwest. And um, I joined Avera Orthopedics in October of 2020 um, and have been here since. That's great. And I didn't realize how many times you went from coast to coast. So that is, that is fun. Um, you mentioned that you played collegiate, you were a collegiate athlete. Do you feel like being a collegiate athlete helped you throughout your school? Like that kind of training and discipline played a role in going to like medical school? Yeah, no, I, I, I can. Yeah. I definitely think that collegiate athletics taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about discipline. It taught me a lot about hard work. It taught me a lot about Sometimes the end game is harder to get to, but worth it when you get there. Um, you know, all those types of, of um, lessons. I think it also has given me insight into foot and ankle pathology. You know, I've, yeah. I've been hurt. I've been a hurt athlete. I've been on the sideline in a boot. You know, I've missed games. I've missed big games. I've missed track meets. Um, and so I think I relate to young athletes that way. I relate to patients that way. I think that my collegiate athletics helps me foster some relationships with patients um, who, you know, when they see somebody who maybe doesn't have that background, it becomes a little bit different or a little bit more difficult to create that same relationship. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point because athletes are um, a special breed that need a individual care. Yeah. 
And then I know you did your training out in Portland, Oregon and received extensive, uh, well-rounded surgical training. Uh, what made you decide to choose to pursue a fellowship? Yeah, it's a good question. I think for me, what I want to have is really, um, all of the options available to me. And I think that uh, when I looked at, you know, my goal being joining an orthopedic group in the Midwest, um, really what I felt was one of the best ways to do that is to distinguish myself from some of the other DPM candidates. Um, and I, I felt and, and really do feel that without my fellowship training, I probably wouldn't have been considered for the job that I have. They were looking for an orthopedic um, foot and ankle specialist. You know, that's who they were looking for and couldn't find somebody who they felt really uh, fit into the group and, and had the background um, and the Midwest connections that they were looking for. And so then they expanded their search to a uh, fellowship trained uh, foot and ankle surgeons, DPMs. Um, and so then uh, clearly I, I fit into that mold. Um, and so I think that my fellowship training was really important for me to have um, gotten the job that I have. I also think that fellowship training taught me a lot about making decisions and, um, and some confidence in, in working in an orthopedic group um, and being part of, of that kind of world. Um, and, and so I, you know, I, I did my fellowship in an orthopedic group and, and then um, you know, have really used a lot of what I learned in fellowship um, in my current practice. Yeah, and that seems like it was probably a good transition. And when I, before I decided to start my own private practice, of course you like look at all the job offerings and I was originally interested in orthopedic group as well, but you did notice that, I mean, ortho, orthopedic surgeons at their uh, orthopod, they have to do that additional fellowship year. So that's what they know too, as mm -hmm. an orthopedic group. So not everyone, I know a lot of people that are also an orthopedic group that didn't have to do a fellowship, but you're right. It's an added bonus. They recognize that you with your background and your fellowship with orthopedic, I'm sure that was just the a cherry on top too. So yeah, and I think it's helpful sometimes understanding, um, how to communicate with, with that type of group and how to, um, you know, bent, um, or how to provide that group with, with, you know, a better understanding of what my training includes and what I'm capable of doing and, um, and make sure that, you know, we all kind of help each other out. You know, it's all, we're all just trying to take care of patients. Um, right. so I think that, um, if the group better understands what I know how to do and what I've been trained how to do, um, then, you know, I kind of start to see more of that pathology. Yeah. And then, like you said, more patients are able to be helped and serve. So that's great. Let's dive into more of like the orthopedic group and, um, working with an order orthopedic practice as a podiatric surgeon, what do you think are some pros? And then what are some cons if there are any working for an orthopedic practice? Sure. Well, so pros, I think uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think the biggest pro is pathology. I think the, the pathology that tends to just come in the door, um, no matter if it started with a, you know, total joint replacement or an ACL tear or, or a hand injury, um, it's just more kind of trauma sports related, which, which is where my interests are. Um, I think that the pro for another pro is working with the colleagues that I work with. I am so fortunate to work with what I think is really the best group of orthopedic um, docs, both personally and professionally. Um, they're talented surgeons, they're kind people, they're good, they're good people. And so I, I really enjoy who I work with. 
Um, I think the con, you know, as, you know, when I was kind of thinking through your questions on, on con with an orthopedic group for me is the call volume. So because um, it's just me and another surgical podiatrist in our group, we go on and off call every other week. Um, so I'm on call half of the year. Um, and so I think that call volume is, is pretty high. Um, I think different people who are in like bigger podiatry groups spread the call a little, uh, spread it out a little bit more um, or, or it goes kind of to different, uh, different areas. But for us, we take quite a bit of call. Which is hence when we were talking this morning that you were in the hospital doing surgery on Sunday. Yeah, so three cases this morning. Yeah. Which you get good pathology to with a call. So I guess that's a con, but also goes back to potentially a pro too. But that oh, that yeah. is a lot of that is a high call volume. Yeah. Um, and then also you're kind of talking like get to work with all these talented surgeons, and that's a team mentality, which kind of plays back into your collegiate athlete days too. So it all kind of makes sense for your interest in that. you mentioned that sometimes you have to, as a podiatric surgeon, like just discuss what your training and your skills are with them. Like, did you have to educate your peers on what a podiatric physician and surgeon does? Yeah, I think that I, um, I'm kind of constantly demonstrating that that classic chip and clip podiatry doesn't include every DPM. Um, you know, I really consider myself a fellowship trained foot and ankle surgeon. Um, and, and I try to kind of demonstrate that to my peers. I know that when I first started with my group, some of the trauma guys were uh, keeping some close tabs on some of my ankle fractures and, uh, you know, kind of just, just checking in a little bit. But after I started to do some more of the bigger recons and some total ankle replacements, they started to refer me patients, you know, and when I fixed the, the ankle fracture on one of the trauma guys, best friends, you know, you kind of know that they trust you. Um, yeah. and, and that's, that's so fun to have. And it's fun to have these people who have trained all over the country and are so talented from a surgical um, standpoint to kind of bounce ideas off. What do you think of this? What, where, you know, would you do it this way? Would you do it that way? And I think we find that people do it all kinds of different ways. And, and it's all about kind of continuing to learn um, and not just uh, sitting back and, and stop learning. Yeah. That's kind of a invaluable resource too. just having people write it, just go walk next door. How many um, physicians are in your practice? Um, we have a few that are joining us here in the, the coming months, I think will bring us up to about 21. Wow. That's a, that is a large group for those who are like interested in joining an orthopedic group. Is there any advice you can give for like resume builders or reaching out to an orthopedic group? Yeah, I think, I think for me, some of the things that distinguished my resume certainly was uh, collegiate athletics, you know, having, having a background in sports and having a background in, um, uh, you know, multiple sports at, at the collegiate level. Um, when I was a medical student, I coached high school track um, in West Des Moines, Iowa. Um, and I think that was, you know, another kind of sports thing. And then I think very clearly from the orthopedic group um, standpoint, I think fellowship was really valuable for me. Yeah, absolutely. Can you dive into like the interview process at all? Like since your first job you were working with a hospital group, did the interview process look different with an orthopedic group or about the same? That's a good question. You know, actually the other thing that I think was really helpful to me to get the job that I have and the job that I really love is, um, that I wasn't fresh out of fellowship. I wasn't fresh out of training. You know, I, I think that they 
liked that I had been on my own for a year and, and, you know, been practicing on my own for a year, not been constantly under, you know, kind of the direction or training of, of, you know, residency and fellowship. Um, and, you know, I think that was valuable. Um, that was a valuable training year. You know, I think we yeah. are constantly being told that your first job is not your last job yet. When you finish fellowship or residency, you're looking for the job. Um, and like many, many, many of my friends, you know, we're on job number two, or, or you've settled into job number two, um, really, really well. And I, that was definitely the case for me. Yeah. That's a great point. And for those listening that your first job isn't likely going to be your last job and that's okay. And it's okay to keep building and growing off that as well. Yeah. In fact, I think you get better, you know, you, you start to figure out when, when you're not a resident and you're not a fellow anymore, what do you really want? You know, what, what do, what makes you happy? Um, and I've talked with other residents, you know, when I've done some of these talks in the past about kind of looking at, four big things that help you kind of figure out what that looks like. And of course that's pathology. Um, that's also who you work with. Um, it's location. Location plays a big role. Um, and I think location was huge for me and my family. The Midwest is so important to me. It's where we're from. It's where I grew up. Um, it's where I want my kids to grow up, you know, so being back in the Midwest was really important. And then the last piece, and I think maybe the least important piece is salary or, or, you know, kind of how you're paid and, and kind of, um, details of the contract. Yeah. Agree that the pay is not everything. There's a lot of other priorities, but that's my, uh, I agree with that, but everyone's different. (laughs) And I know you mentioned that you have a family and I know you're soon to be expecting your second. I would like to dive into, I, and I hate to call like work-life balance because there's never a full balance. So a work-life negotiation, I'm trying to that. Yeah. That yeah, nothing's ever perfectly balanced, but I know, um, you have a daughter and also expecting. So what are your thoughts on the term work-life balance? Yeah. yeah, I, you know, I've talked with, with others, um, and certainly sometimes there is a balance and sometimes there is not a balance. And, you know, I think maybe some of that balance of being okay with when sometimes it just doesn't all work out. Like, there are days I don't see my daughter because I start early and I end after she goes to bed. Um, but there are also a lot of days where I get to spend a lot of time with her. And so, you know, I, I, I think you have to just kind of uh, enjoy what you do um, and enjoy what you're doing when you're not with your family um, and then enjoy your time when you are with your family too. What advice do you have for new mothers in the podiatry community? Um, that's a great question. I feel like I'm still trying to figure out that question. I would take any advice. No. Um, I think making your schedule work for you. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, one of the, the, maybe the challenges of being part of an orthopedic group is I'm the only mom. I'm the only mom and all all 21 of those physicians. I'm the only one, um, you know, three women and I'm the only one who has kids. So I, you know, I, for a long time, um, you know, when I first started with this group, I was trying to compare my schedule to some of my partners and, and kind of look at their volume and look at my volume and, and look at, um, you know, their hours when they start, when they finish, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I have a lot of um, ability to flex my schedule and kind of just decide what, when and what I want to do. 
Um, and so now I feel like I have kind of created a schedule that I think works better for me. And, you know, I, I start at nine o'clock when I'm on call. So I have time to go to the hospital um, in the morning, but still also have time to see my daughter before I leave. Um, you know, for a long time, I was just going earlier when I was on call and I take a lot of call. So, um, you know, pulling my schedule back to start at nine uh, when I'm on call was something that was important to kind of helping with that balance, you know. Um, uh, my schedule ends earlier. My last patient is three, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that helps me to kind of wrap up my day. You know, my last patient's at three, let's be honest, by four or 4.30, we're actually done seeing patients. And so, and you know, I- like I'm actually out of there in time to go home and have dinner, you know, and, and I think that was really helpful to me. I live a mile and a half from my office, you know, that, that helps, you know, I, I don't spend time commuting. I, I, when I'm done with work, I'm, I'm home in five minutes. Um, you know, so kind of figuring those things out really was, was helpful. With being the only mother in a 21 person group, has that, did they, it sounds like they worked well with you and they, let you kind of do your thing, which is excellent. Has being a mother changed the outlook of your career at all? Well, yes and no. I mean, I think, I think from, I think maybe before I was a mom, I would have started at eight and ended at five, you know, and, and that would have been fine. Um, I think now I, I try and double book more and see the same amount of people in less time. Um, and that's, that's how I run my practice so that I can really be busy when I'm at work and then not be at work when I'm not at work. Um, I think that, you know, being a mom totally changes your career, but also I think that I'm, I think I'm driven and I'm stubborn and I don't want to change what I'm trained to do and what I'm capable of doing. So, um, you know, I think I'm still, you know, overbooking my schedule and and keeping my pathology busy I'm due in five weeks so now I'm trying to tell people you know maybe I shouldn't do too much in the next couple of weeks um but I I I don't know I think it's just it kind of you kind of just figure out your sweet spot and I think it's somewhere in the middle you know being really driven in my career but also really dedicated to my family yeah I my mom worked growing like had a worked growing up and she actually started as like the secretary and now she is the boss so I also think that is such a I mean every day you see uh, a, a woman leader I don't know it's just a great role model so yeah even that like that's probably um, a big thing for your daughter and yeah, no, it was for me too. My mom's yeah. a lawyer and my mom is a stubborn, independent, hardworking yeah. person. And, and so am I. And I think that, that we learn that it's okay to do that. You know, it's okay to be a driven career person and also a mom at the same time. Yes. And it's okay if you don't want that either. Like it's okay, okay. to whatever works with your life. Absolutely. That's the best. Do what works for you and your family. What? advice can you give to others who are also trying to navigate family life and a medical career? I know we've kind of gone through that a little bit. Well, 
I think the, the other piece to this is I could not pursue my career to the extent that I do without the help of my husband. You know, I have an incredible husband and you I'm do. So <laughs> to have somebody who's been along to support me and been along, you know, for this ride as we've bounced from coast to coast to coast to coast. And, and, um, you know, I, I have somebody that, you know, when my daughter's sick, he'll take the morning and then she'll nap in my office in the afternoon and we'll figure it out. Um, and so I think that um, having your family and your social support and having that network is so important to, to kind of, to do what, what, what I'm doing. Yeah. Shout out to Nick Moen. <laughs> is there a device or an app or a book, a product that has helped change or like helped you through your day to day? I think probably the biggest thing for me, um, is really leaning on some of my peers. I think I have, uh, and I'm very fortunate to have co-residents who are also some of my best friends. Um, and, and, you know, one in particular, I think I talk to him every single day and we bounce all our big cases off each other and, and even small things too, and, and, and billing and scheduling and, you know, all of, all of these things as we're trying to kind of be new young doctors. Um, and so I think that that's what, what kind of helps me kind of navigate, you know, is this a good decision? Is this not a good decision? Um, you know, am I thinking through this correctly type of stuff? Um, so I think leaning on uh, some of my peers is probably the best thing that I use for that. You do have wonderful co-residents and a good uh, team behind you. Well, one of them. <laughs> what do you do when you have two dueling priorities that you need to be like, just satisfy simultaneously? I think the, uh, um, for us, for me and my husband, um, certainly we balance things um, if, if possible, but also we have a really wonderful nanny who helps us out too. Um, you know, that's helped us particularly in this current COVID world, not have daycare closures and not have exposure closures and things like that. Um, but our nanny has also helped us out when uh, my husband is, um, he's an assistant athletic director. So when he's at a a game and I'm on call and she can come on Saturday morning and, and help us through uh, some of those things. So our nanny has been really invaluable for uh, some of those balancing acts. What was the process like to hiring a nanny? Yeah. So um, when we first moved to Sioux Falls, certainly I asked around and tried to kind of uh, get recommendations and stuff uh, from different people, but we ended up finding our nanny, um, you know, through one of those kind of website type of things. I also think what makes her really wonderful um, is that she previously worked at a daycare. So she had CPR training and she had um, worked with kids and multiple kids before and, and has, you know, a lot of credentials um, that kind of bled over from that daycare. Um, and she has, you know, ideas and activities and crafts and all of these great things that occupy uh, my daughter during the day. And I think they have a great time together. She sounds great. She's great. We love her. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we wrap up, I always like to ask two uh, questions to the guests. So what is something outside of podiatry that you are currently learning? Um, I think that in the theme of our conversation today, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to be a mom, yeah. um, you know, and, and pretty soon I'm going to be a mom to two kids under two. And that sounds exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Um, you know, so we're going to figure out how to bring a baby home with a toddler and how to manage two kids in diapers and two kids in cribs and 
all of those fun, exciting things. Yeah, that's a that's probably enough learning for. It fills my time. Yeah, yeah. Have you started prepping your daughter for a new baby in the household? You know, I w- so at eighteen months, I wish she was a little bit better at. at I don't know that she fully grasps it. Yeah. Oh, she will. She, she will. I think she'll probably ask to send the baby back or can we return them? Um, but I think she, she'll be excited. And then at times she'll just kind of um, uh, be adapting to what it's like to uh, not be the only one anymore. Yeah. That'll be a fun journey. Um, what is a tip that you wish you could tell your younger self about pursuing a career in podiatric medicine and surgery? I think that in the end, it's all very worth it. You know, I I think there were uh, many times really throughout my journey where I was like, whoa, we're going from Portland to New Jersey. We're going from New Jersey to Portland. Uh, You know, like we're flying right over where I want to stop, you know, in the Midwest. I think there were times where I was like foot and ankle. Is this really what I want to do? Is, is this, you know, where I'm supposed to be? And, um, you know, I think that in the end, it's exactly where I'm supposed to be. You know, I, I love my career. I love the pathology that I get to do. I, I, I'm really happy. That's great. Just trust the process and trust the process. It'll all work out. Even if it doesn't seem like it works out, you know, the year that we went back to Portland to when I started practicing, um, seemed like not this linear track that I had in mind. Um, but it was really valuable. It was a great year. It was, it was exactly what I needed to kind of get to where I am. Um, but it seemed out of place at the time. I understand that. Yeah. Sometimes those out of place opportunities is what really then gets you what you, you want. So yeah, absolutely. Not everything's linear and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But Well, thank you so much for being on today. I really enjoyed talking to you. If anybody wanted to reach out to you with questions, maybe on like working with an orthopedic group or being a mother, is there a place that they could, uh, reach out to you? Um, I think Instagram would be, um, probably the easiest thing. Um, my Instagram is just ruth.moen. Perfect. And I'll put that in the show notes below. Well, thank you so much. And looking forward to hopefully talking to you again in the future. Email me at droxman at gmail.com. The address is in the show notes below. And let me know if there's a topic or if you know a kick-ass lady who should be interviewed. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to hearing your comments and suggestions on the podcast. And remember, stay uncomfortable. That's where we grow.